gave me the words to try to put his heart and his answer in their hands. And I think that they've responded so well because it's a message of, you know, like I said, for both the believer and the unbeliever, it's a message of something greater than yourself that you can hold on to when everything around you is falling apart. stepped into planning our church, God spoke to us one night in prayer, and he just said, do not complicate my church. And so I just carried that message into this book, you know, do not complicate what I'm saying. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I am joined by Savannah Hartman, a spoken word poet and co-pastor of Banner Church. Savannah, you there? Yeah, I am. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on the show today. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. We have breakfast. My husband and I have breakfast with our kids and getting a late start this morning, but sometimes it's good to take it easy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So you have a new book coming out called Fierce Hope, and this is your first book, right? Right. So, So what has the reaction been like so far? Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. I could not, I've wanted to write a book since I was a, since I was as young as I can remember, a very little girl, and I had all of these ideas about what I thought it was going to be like, and uh, this has not been like any of those ideas, <laughs> but it has been so much better. Um, I had an amazing team at Charisma that really believed in me and believed in the message of the book, um, and they just kind of got up under my arms with it, and, and they just, it's been I'm, I have no words for the response. Has, it's been received so well. It's about um, why the only truth worth living for is greater than the empty promises of our chaotic world and just kind of the the world is really in a state of brokenness right now. There's so many things that are going on from natural disaster to, you know, terrorism and, and acts of genocide, and, and I feel like the world is really looking for hope, and so... We put this together um, very quickly. It was all God because you'd probably, your mind would be blown to know how fast this happened. How fast but did this come together? It came, it came together in about, I wrote it in about 15 days. Oh my goodness. That is not a joke. <laughs> 15 days. Uh, from the time that Charisma contacted me until it was in people's hands was about three months. Wow. Um, which is way, way faster than they do anything. Yeah. It's like quadruple speed. <laughs> And uh, But really, they believed in the message of the book, and they believed that there was just a very strong felt need for it. And the world has responded by saying, you know, yes, this is a felt need. And, and people are just this week have started to receive it, and they're reading it, and the response on social media has been amazing. And it's really been such a blessing because I every goal that, that myself and that the Charisma team set um, has been just blown out of the water. And so it's been really, really amazing. Because you first came to prominence off of a bunch of viral videos that you created that garnered millions of views, right, doing spoken word poetry and addressing the injustices in our world today. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. what, so what, what was it like having that just like meteoric rise of just millions of people seeing your stuff? Oh, it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Because, you know, you think I just, I don't know. I thought nothing would really come for it. I had, you know, I think I maybe had 500 Facebook friends total. And so um, 
all you know my husband and I moved to Tampa to plant Banner Church and and so it's our job as young pastors to point people towards hope and so all of these things started going wrong in the world and I was finding myself wondering you know kind of you know you have to put your money where your mouth is do I believe in this and I was getting really overwhelmed because I was thinking God you know I'm supposed to be pointing people towards you but I don't feel like you're doing anything so I need you to help me understand and really slowly but each day you know week after week month after month he just started to speak to me and just kind of reveal what was going on both in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm and and show me his heart and so I started writing this um spoken word poem to just kind of compile all my thoughts it was the first one I ever wrote um it just I was trying to organize what he was sharing with me and I finished it and a few months went by and I didn't think about doing anything with it and one day I was doing my quiet time at the lake where we live and and God said I want you to post it now and I I was like what because I listen I just come from the gym I looked <laughs> gross I I had never ever done a Facebook live video before but it just it was right after the pole shootings in Orlando and and I just I could feel so strongly that God was like now and so I did and I even say in the video, I'm like, I know 14 people are watching, but, you know, I'd like to do a call to salvation, and which I felt so odd about doing that on the Internet. <laughs> and uh, But the response was amazing. That video has been viewed close to, I think, 18 million times, 17, wow. 18 million times. We've had tens of thousands of people email us and tell us that they received Christ, and that literally happened over a few-week period, three- or four-week period, and then... There was a an incident um, with a man named Alton Sterling, and then the mm-hmm. next day with Philando. And I wrote a spoken word about that. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to write this. So I went to my computer, and I wrote it really quickly, and I just I read it on Facebook. And I, ju- I had to read it off of a paper because I had just written it. And uh, that was about 4 in the afternoon, and I woke up the next morning with ABC Action News at my door. Um, my crusty crust face looking <laughs> awful. And uh, that that day I did about a dozen news interviews all over the country. And, and so it's just gone from there, just literally overnight. And only God says certainly nothing that I did. <laughs> wow. That's that's really cool, though, just that story of everything coming together like that and so quickly. So cool. It was such a, you know, when we read in the Bible where it says that, you know, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, you read that and you try to encourage yourself in tough times, you know, like, I know my steps are ordered. But I think that I've learned such a deeper meaning behind that. And it's more when you get forward in your journey and you look back at your steps and you see how God was ordering them before you, for what to you look like was maybe walking in circles was really him ordering your steps. And it was, and it's been an incredible testimony to his faithfulness and his goodness and, uh, and just his caring, not only about the state of the world on a large scale, but, but his caring about you know, all the way down to me, just individual me and my dreams, and, and that he is a God that has his hand over both what is happening in the world and what is happening in my world, and it's been really an incredible experience. Yeah, it seems like people have been especially really drawn to the videos because of your core message of having hope in the Lord uh, despite tragedy and the chaos that surrounds us uh, at this time. So why do you think this message is hitting home with so many people? I think that, okay, so I have two young sons. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost two and almost three. Oh. And uh, and so raising them is my joy. But I am also 
keenly aware of the world that I'm raising them in. Um, my husband and I, we don't have TV um, because just it began to get just really burdensome to watch the news, to to just watch the condition of the world. You know, the, the world is so broken, and it is morally bankrupt. And to see, I think that people everywhere, no matter what your religious affiliation is, were looking for a reason to get up tomorrow. You know, why do I keep going? Because if there's nothing bigger than yourself, what is there to live for? And so they were seeing all of these tragedies and these injustices and these um, horrible acts of violence and hopelessness and and patterns of weather. And I feel like they, you know, just like me, were coming to a moment where they were like, I have a family. What is going on? What do I do? Where do I look? You know, at this point, I'll take anything. Someone give me any reason, you know, that there, this matters. And and I think that they just wanted some tangible hope that they could hold on to. And I feel like it was a question that many were asking and few were answering. And so God just, in his, you know, sovereign goodness, because I will never know why he picked me, <laughs> but, you know, he just, he gave me the words to try to put his heart and his answer in their hands. And I think that they've responded so well because it's a message of, you know, like I said, for both the believer and the unbeliever, it's a message of something greater than yourself that you can hold on to when everything around you is falling apart. Mm. That's really cool. And I, and I know that that message of hope um, carries on into the books. Uh, what I, th- I think it's an interesting structure where each chapter is, for those, for those who haven't seen the book, uh, the chapters are structured uh, with titles like Hope in Terrorism, Hope in Genocide, Hope in Prejudice. And it, it's interesting uh, paradoxes like that. How, how did you come up with that structure, and what made you go with that? If you ever meet me in real life, I'm exactly the same in real life as I am on the Internet, on TV, on the radio, on a podcast. I'm just real regular and raw. I don't know any other way to be. And so... Um, I wanted to structure the book like I wanted to structure the book how I was asking God the question because we kind of we played with the titles of the chapter a little bit because we didn't want it to read like I was saying, you know, hope in in like I have hope in terrorism. Right. Um, But more like I have hope in the midst of terrorism and what that hope is. And so. We wanted to structure it, and the way that I wrote it was just the way that I was asking God and the way that he was answering, and that was really, really simply. Um, When my husband and I stepped into planning our church, God spoke to us one night in prayer, and he just said, do not complicate my church. And so I just carried that message into this book, you know, do not complicate what I'm saying. And I felt like that's just the most simple way to say it. Like, if you can open the page of the table of contents and, you know, Hurricane Matthew is one of is is I believe the worst hurricane to hit the southeast coast of the United States in the last fifteen years. Yeah. And so um the book released it right in the middle of that. Oh wow. Um and so it was able to it was at a point where people could look at it and they could open it and they could say, What is my hope in natural disaster? And so they can just turn to it and they can figure it out and, and there's just so many stories in the book 
of stories in the Bible of men and women in our modern-day world and how they found hope in that very same situation. And I think one of the really cool things about the book is that it brings the Bible to life. Um, because so many people think, you know, what is a 2,000-year-old book going to do for me? That stuff doesn't apply to me now. And the and Fierce Hope is just infused with stories from then that translate so well to now. Um, and so we kind of just structured it and wrote it the way that people would ask it and the way that it would be easiest for them to read. And so in reading the book, it was a lot like writing the book and that it gets much harder as you go. <laughs> So it starts off at environmentalism, which is, you know, kind of our hope in the, the midst of depleting resources and pollution and just kind of the physical condition of our world. And it ends in, you know, our hope in the midst of death. And so the, each topic builds in intensity and in pain. And I thought, you know, nobody wants to, to jump right into the deep end. You know, you want to wade into it. And so the book allows you to wade into it without feeling like you're overwhelmed at the topics, but it's also written in that they can all stand alone. So if you just need to read it topically, you can do that too. That's really cool. So then, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then when you go about trying to write those sections then and trying to find hope in the midst of these um, horrible circumstances, um, How did you go about doing that in terms of finding hope in, for instance, in the midst of terrorism? It was really hard. (laughs) It was, I've never done a harder thing. So my husband and my two children and I, we live in Tampa. And um, if you have kids, anyone listening who has kids, especially toddlers, understands that you cannot do anything worthwhile, especially if it involves mental capacity with toddlers around. (laughs) And so my husband would watch the kids during the day so that I could sleep and I would write all night. I would get up around, you know, I'd get up in the afternoon and spend time with my kids, but then around eight to 10, they'd go to bed and I would stay up and I would write all night for 13 or 14 hours till they woke up the next morning. And so when it came to the topics and I just, I wrote all of my feelings in the book because I didn't know what to do with them because here I was sitting trying to point people towards hope and terrorism, reading stories of terrorism, absolutely distraught. Um, the chapter about genocide starts with, I made myself sick trying to write it because I was so, I just felt the weight of it so much and, and the words and, and the pain were so real that I made myself physically sick. And so I wrote about that in the book because I just wanted people to know, like, I'm not writing from a place of authority, you know, like I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. And so I really just had to lean into God and lean into what I felt like he was saying, because me and my own self, I can't, I can't give you any hope for terrorism or genocide or death or prejudice or anything like that, because to me, they're as gut-wrenching and heartbreaking as they are to you and confusing. And so I really just leaned into into God, and I let the Holy Spirit say what I felt like He wanted to say. And, you know, in the end, it ended up being what I think was a really, really beautiful representation of His heart and some really some words that were, when I read it back, when I finished it and I read back through it, that were an encouragement to me. Um because it was just the, these really powerful thoughts and and 
little nuggets to hold on to that I felt like the Holy Spirit was injecting into the book as I wrote. Um, And I really tried my best to keep myself out of it and let it be as much him as possible. I don't ever want to put his name on anything that he's not affiliated with. And so um, that's really what I try to do is just lean into lean into the Lord because goodness knows I don't have those answers. <laughs> right. Do you, um, and I know we have a lot of people who listen to Charisma Connection, and I'm sure some of them are going through times of pain or times of struggle or tragedy in their lives. Do you have a word of hope for them? Yeah, I do. Uh, I actually want to read an excerpt from the book um, because I think that it sums up hope and hardship better than anything that I could say on my own. It's from the very last chapter of the book, which is called The Hope of the World. And it says this, The hope that is found in these topics is real, true hope, but they are also smaller portions of hope that comes from a much larger source. Fierce hope comes from the God who fills these pages, a sovereign, loving, merciful, just, kind, compassionate, sacrificial father who loves us so much that he gave us a way out of every scenario in this book and a million others that we can't even fathom. And he gives us so much more than just hope. He gives us provision that makes no sense to the logical mind. He gives love that bridges every divide. He gives peace that passes all understanding. He gives wisdom that transcends every thought. He gives healing that fixes every wound. He is all things to all men, not because he has to be, but because he wants to be. And that's actually my favorite line from the entire book, those two sentences. He is all things to all men, not because he has to be, but because he wants to be. And no matter what your situation is or where you are or what you're going through, he is all things in the midst of it, not because he has to be, not because he made a commitment to be, not because he feels like he must, but because he wants to be, because his love is so great for you and his thoughts are so high towards you that it is his heart to be with you in the midst of what you're going through. And when you can't count on anyone else in this world, when you can't count on physical um, provision, when you can't count on uh, financial security, when you can't count on relationships, when you can't count on people, you can always count on him and the hope that is found in him because he will never, ever let you go. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. If people want to, if people want to read the rest of the book where that quote came from, where can they find that book? Uh, they can go to fiercehopebook.com. Uh, it's also available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, CBD, Family Christian. Um, but the, you can read a sample of the book at fiercehopebook.com. You can connect with me there. Um, you can find me on social media at my name, Savannah Hartman, on on every social media platform, pretty much that exists. Um, and I would love to hear their stories of how you are finding fierce hope in the midst of your pain. And if you've read the book, how it blesses you. If you don't like the book, tell me what you think about that too. (laughs) I like hearing all sides, all sides. I'm not above it. So, um, so I'm so thankful that you guys have me. This has been wonderful. Yeah, no, I've loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate hearing your heart about the book. Um, and about just what's going on in our world today. Would you mind praying us out? Absolutely. Father God, I thank you so much, God, for every person whose ears will hear this, God. I pray right now that your good, 
gracious love would penetrate their heart, God, and would minister to them in whatever situation that they're in. God, I thank you for being our hope in the midst of a broken world, God. I thank you that when the world is falling apart, God, we can look to the one who holds it together. God, I thank you for loving us so much, God, that you sent us the fiercest hope that has ever been, and that is your Son. I pray that as we walk through the rest of our day and the rest of our week, that you would touch us, you would grace us, and you would help us, God, carry a message of hope to everyone that we meet. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Savannah Hartman on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Jeannie Nigro Ministries. A brief glance at the headlines these days is enough to make anyone unsettled, frustrated, or downright scared of the future. But with an unwavering belief that personal intimacy with God is the number one anchor for our souls, Jeannie Nigro provides not only encouragement, but practical steps for individuals to deepen their relationship with God, as well as an action plan for what they can do now in a world that seems so out of control. Will you stand strong during these uncertain times? Her book, Unshaken, will empower you to thrive, not just survive, no matter what the circumstances. Learn how to break free from the fear, stress, frustration, and anger and hopelessness of these times. Sound interesting? You can download and try out a free chapter of Unshaken at genienigro.com cm. That's J-E-A-N-N-E-N-I-G-R-O dot com slash C-M. And now, back to the show. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.